0: DJ PK and Mike Pulaski join us at Cal Bears Radio analyst is on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Mike, good morning. Good morning. I love the
1: fact that I'm a special guest, or is that for everybody that comes on?
0: No, no, you're way more special than the
2: other people. <laughs> Only quarterbacks are special.
1: That's right.
0: That's what they tell us all the time,
1: they have to, to keep us happy. <laughs>
0: So, as an ex quarterback, and I actually worked in Sacramento when uh, the Bears and Bruce Snyder was coaching, and you were quarterback, and you had that big ten win season, and there are uh, you know not a lot of ten win seasons in Cal Bear history. So it looks like you're building something with this defense, but at the same time, you're a quarterback, and man, a ten to seven game, a twelve to ten game, you were watching some low scoring football. Is that going to change?
1: Well, you hope it changes. As a quarterback, it you know, hurt my soul last year for some of those games. Uh, I think people that love watching defensive football are the ones that have kind of that punishment you know, fetish going on. They, they, they like that, that, the, the hard-hitting stuff and all that. I like offense. I, I want to sell tickets. I like watching the ball fly down the field. And so Cal is, has been a, a, an offensive team and known for its quarterback play and its receiver play for years. And I'd like to see them get back to some of that. Um, that, now, that said, the defense is going to be phenomenal again this year, so we'll see what turns out. But I was just in the the office yesterday, and I was talking with offensive coordinator Bo Baldwin, and he seems really happy with Chase Garbers right now. I think Chase has come a long way. Uh, he's maturing to a point where he's understanding the offense better, and that always bodes well. But they're going to have to see what kind of tools he has around him as well.
2: All right, well, that was going to be my question. Garbers played last year as a freshman, I think he was, so he's a sophomore. We know Modster came up from Westwood. And so what you're saying is Garbers is the undisputed starter. Is that the accurate uh, portrayal?
1: Yeah, so Garbers got the nod out of spring that you know he was a starter going in. Uh, he played well enough last year to retain it uh, going in. And I, I think that position, there's always a competition. Uh, if, if coaches are doing the right thing by their team, then there's always a competition at that spot that the guy has to earn it. And I think Chase has to earn it, but he, he is in the number one slot uh, in camp so far and hasn't been unseated by anybody.
0: So if you look at some of the stats, I mean, they were just unbelievably low. How much of this is on the quarterback to improve things? Because in an era where you want completion percentage, certainly over 60, but a lot of coaches want up over 65, seeing a lot of 14 of 26, 15 of 26, it, is, it, is it on quarterback performance, or is there other things to factor in here to get the offense going?
1: Well, I, I kind of explain to people all the time that had Joe Montana played for Cincinnati, nobody would remember his name. And it's not that he wasn't a great quarterback, it's that they didn't, wouldn't have had the franchise around him. And so oftentimes the quarterback gets all the blame. Um, sometimes a lot of it's warranted. I think last year with Chase, some of it was warranted. There were, there were times when there were reads and there were throws available to him that he missed. And I think the game was happening a little bit too fast for him. And so I think now being a little more mature, being able to see a year on tape to look at you know, performance, hopefully now he can change that part of the game and, and the game won't move so fast. Um, that said, uh, it wasn't all on him. You know, there were some protection issues. There were, they. They, you know, Patrick Laird was great, but they weren't able to run the ball all the time. And so you have to have all those facets of the game in order for your quarterback to truly look like a good quarterback. Um, and you can't do it by yourself. But, but a lot of Chase's woes last year had to do with the way he was reading and either not delivering the ball, he had some hesitation last year, or not getting his reads right. And so I think... If he grows through that, if he matures through that, and is able to come back this year, he has all of the physical tools. I mean, he can throw it, he can run it, he can do it all. Uh, Good leadership qualities. And so I think he can be a very good quarterback. He just has to get through that, understanding the game at the college level and reading at speed.
2: So you already brought up Patrick Lair, and we know he was a phenomenal story and had some pretty good production, maybe not as much as last year or the year before, but nevertheless, he's gone. And You talk about how they had trouble running the ball. So with – I think they've got two offensive linemen back. How are they going to be able to run the ball this year, and is Christopher Brown going to be their featured guy?
1: Well, so a couple questions there. It always starts with the O-line. And so if you're going to be able to run the football, if you don't have an O-line, that doesn't matter. You can want to run the football all you want, but you need the big guys up front, uh, especially in the pack where you always have good athletes on the defensive side of the ball. And so uh, I talked to Coach Wood the other day, offensive line coach for the Bears, and he feels really comfortable with the guys he's got up front right now starting. He likes his guys. He thinks they're doing a good job. They're very consistent. And so that bodes well for the running game. And then you have a couple of New running backs, Chris Brown, not new per se, but we haven't seen a lot of it. Uh, and then you have Collins behind him who's come in. And I think that those two guys, the one-two punch of those two backs uh, is going to be effective for Cal if that offensive line group up front stays solid. Again, you know, depth at that position is huge. And you have to have it to get through it. You know, Washington loses a star left tackle last year, but they're able to replace him. And so they go on to win the conference championship. You have to be able to replace guys as they go down because that position rarely stays healthy all season long. Uh, but they're starting guys right now they like a lot. And then the running backs have shown a lot of promise in keep. Mike Pulaski joining us, Cal Bears
0: radio analyst, former Cal Bear quarterback. Now, you mentioned the J.C. transfer, Deshaun Collins. Uh, yep. Cal doesn't have Stanford's academics, but Cal has really strong academics getting J.C. transfers in and, and getting help with it, admitting kids has been an issue over the years. You know, coaches will say, get help with admitting kids, and other people will hear, they're lowering standards. They'll do anything to win football games. So where's the <laughs> where's the balance currently on campus and how how much are the coaches' hands tied? I mean, they, they see a kid, the kid wants to go there, but it just can't happen.
1: Well, you know, it's a, it is an excellent academic institution, and so they had a task force a few years back that uh, implemented some rules that made admissions even tougher, uh, and by, by the new admission standards from the task force, uh, there were several players that I know of that went on to work on their master's degrees and their business degrees while they were playing football at Cal as graduates that wouldn't have been admitted. And so I think as a coach, you have to take it on a player-by-player basis. There are certain guys who have all the tools in the world to be able to play the game and you know do the classroom work as well and do it well, but maybe didn't apply themselves in high school. And you just have to be able to take it from that standpoint. And when you have you know those kind of kids, then you fight the good fight. The university, in the end, will always win um, because they're the controlling and governing body, and admissions will always win. But the coaches can fight their good fight to try to get their guys in.
2: So I look at this defense, and as particularly in the defensive backfield, I'm not sure who's the best player. I go with Bynum. <laughs> I mean, there's just one stud after another, and they had, I think, 21 picks last year, which was second in the country. So I'm expecting, as good as it was last year, to be at least as good, if not better this year.
1: They're going to be better. They're, they're going to be better. You have, you have a group, you know, you, you point out the secondary, right? You've got cam Bynum, you've got uh, Davis, you've got Hawkins, you've got Hicks at the other corner. And so you're starting four DBs are back. And Ashton Davis at that safety position, I think is an all American. Um, you know, he just, he's just an absolute stud, but that's not to diminish Hawkins because Hawkins is also a guy who is a star at that position. Both those guys will play in the league. And so, they're just really good. They're great at corner. And then your nickel and your dime guy are both back too. So you literally have six starting DBs all back, which rarely if ever happens. So they're great there. You step down to that linebacker position and you have Evan Weaver, who's a preseason All-American, absolute stud. Now you lose Jordan Kanasik, who's a very good football player, playing uh, you know playing in the league right now. Uh, but then Dane comes in and – he is now stepping in at that other linebacker position. On top of that, Cam Good, who a lot of people may not know about, but he was really, at the beginning of last season, the best linebacker on their staff.
2: Yeah, he had knee injury, and he got didn't an injury. he? Yeah.
1: yeah, and he got an injury. And so you don't, you don't know a lot about him. He's back and healthy. And Then what you add to it, and this is what really helps boost this defense, which, which is going to make it just an elite defense, is that defensive front was really young last year. Luke Beckett was young seven Paul was young. Deondre Johnson was just getting a speed underneath him. A lot of these guys that, that are going to be really good football players were just fresh faces. Now those guys have some experience, and they're back. And so you're going to get more rush, guys who are more sophisticated and understand the defensive sets better, understand the schemes better, understand what their coaches want better, and have all played together for a year. And So that defense is going to be one of the elite defenses in the country, uh, which will give that offense room to grow.
0: So you mentioned Evan Weaver. He had 159 tackles in a 13-game season. That is off the charts. I mean, that's averaging 12 to 13 tackles a game. So when he only has 9 or 10 tackles, he's got to have like 15 or 16 to make up for it. Uh,
1: And and what you have to remember is Kanashik had just as many tackles at the other linebacker, too. So it it was the top tackling duo in the country. So Evan's getting all those tackles, but Kanachik was getting his, too. It wasn't like you know they just featured Weaver. Both of those guys were making tackles. And so it, it, it's pretty special. And, and the knock on Weaver that people who haven't watched him play said, oh, we can't play sideline to sideline. I'm telling you what, this guy can run from the coach's box to the coach's box on both sides. He's incredibly smart. He is in the old throwback model of that nasty middle linebacker, uh, which I like. I love seeing that on defense. And he's a good team leader, and so he's just—he's a phenomenal player on the defensive side of the ball, a great leader for that team, and a guy that sets the tempo and sets the tone because he sets expectations on that side, and those guys want to live up to it for every leader.
2: So we've seen here at Utah Kyle Whittingham implement a defense year after year that's just been pretty good. And This year it's expected to be exceptional. And conversely, him being a defensive guy – the offense is left a little bit desi- to be desired, and it's conservative and whatnot. And we expect maybe with the expectations that they have this year to be the same. Now I'm looking at Cal Wilcox, a defensive guy himself, comes off as a you know somewhat of a tough guy like Kyle does. And as far as the offense, Bo Baldwin at Eastern Washington lit it up. Not so much here. I look at the stats last year. When they were plus in turnovers, they won all five games. And when they weren't, they obviously they didn't. And so with that in mind, what are you expecting as far as them opening it up this year or with that knowledge of the defense and the turnovers, do they even go more conservative?
1: Well, I don't think they can go more conservative. <laughs> that would be tough to do. The uh, I think Justin will do – what his offense allows him to do on that side of the ball. If he feels comfortable that they can throw it and they can get after it, then he'll do it. You know, he he coached under Coach Pete a lot. Um, And, you know, Coach Peterson is definitely an offensive guy, loves great offense, but has great defense around it. Um, Coach Peterson is obviously more of an offensive guy. Justin's more of a defensive guy. And it's funny how those defensive guys, how, how their teams kind of evolved with that defensive mindset first. It would be great to get to a point where you have balance because balance is what makes great teams great. You know, you can have a Baltimore Ravens every now and then that can win a championship on defense, but you can't do it all the time, especially not in college football where you're seeing different sets all the time, different game plans all the time, uh, different personnel. And so it, it would be great if they could get to a point where they're really good on defense, which they obviously are, but then they have an offense, um, that can not just support that, but that can play alongside of that defense. And are they going to be there this year? I don't know. They're still young. They've got to find some spots. You know, they've got to find some receivers uh, that have to make plays. They've got to f- kind of figure out who they're going to be this year. But it would be good to have an offense that could show up as well as the defense does. And if you do that with a defense that Cal has, you know, this is a 10-win team.
0: Ten wins. Man, that sounds awesome. I did <laughs> it, it. It, it. also sounds <laughs> it really it. difficult in the North, go, because it looks like four programs in the North are on top of their game. And that doesn't count, you know, Old Miss and, and the crossover games. Got to play Utah, obviously, who's supposed to have a good year. But those four teams in the North, how daunting does it look the way those programs stack up right now?
1: Well, Washington is always good, right? I'm, I am a huge fan of Coach Peterson up at Washington. I just think he does the right things, not just from a coaching standpoint, but from a mentality and an accountability standpoint. I think he expects the right things of his guys, and I think he demands it and gets it. And so Washington's good. They have great chemistry there. Um, Coach Pete's done a great job there. Oregon, you know, they're athletic. There's no doubt about it. I want to see it on the field. I want to see them actually show up and do it on Saturdays. Um, and then I'll believe that. So I think they're pretty good. Stanford is always, always going to be tough. Um, they're just, just a physical, tough, grinded-out football team. Um, and that, that's, I think that's a team that Cal matches up well against. Obviously with good defense. So you know that that's a, that's a struggle as well. And then, um, oh, Washington State, of course, right? That's a team that everybody always wants to forget. I was actually just texting back and forth with Mike Leach the other day. Uh, he's a good friend and. and he thinks they're going to be really, really good this year. And I, and I agree with him. He finds a way to bring the most out of his players and build chemistry on his teams. And so I love the way he coaches. I love his style. I love his demeanor. I obviously love his press conferences. Um, and so it's just, you know, it's a, it is a tough conference to be in. It's a, it's a tough uh, division to be in, you know, it's murderers row going to the North this year. Uh, and then playing Utah, you know, Kyle's always got his team doing the right thing and, Playing great, great defense, uh, it's it's, and you always play the two LA schools, so you never know what's going to happen there because it's natural rivalries. But again, you know, in this in the conference, you can kind of dictate your own future by how hard you play. Cal has a great defense. If their offense can pick it up, they can be really successful, and and it's going to come down to that because they have a proven defense that's going to be as good if not better this year. So it's it's up to the offense to come along and to start making plays. Uh, and, you know, and that's on, on Bo Baldwin. Bo, I love Bo as a person, fantastic guy. But college produ- college is all about production as a coach. And so he's in the last year of his contract this year, has to produce. Uh, and like I said, I was just talking to him yesterday. I consider him a friend. He has to produce this year. That offense has to produce. And they have to find a way to do it with the guys they have.
2: So Cal averages 24 po- yeah, twenty four points a game. If that's the case, how many wins do they get?
1: Oh, if they average 24 points a game? Yeah. Oh, they'll they'll win – if they average twenty-four points a game and don't win eight, um, you could have my car. I mean, <laughs> that that defense is going to be shut down this year. I mean, it, they are going to be hard to score against. That's going to be one of the games that people come out of. They go, "Wow, and they are." I mean, th- that was a ridiculously good defense.
2: So we're going to see three nothing that, here in Rice Eccles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in overtime. <laughs>
1: Oh, man, there is a good chance of a defensive football as a broadcaster drives me crazy. Hey, that was a nice two-yard run. You know, how do you call that game? It's horrible. But uh, it does win championships, and so there's no, no lie about that.
0: Mike Pulaski joining us. He is Cal Bears radio analyst, former Cal quarterback. So I'm curious here, uh, the rivalry between all the California schools, they're all different, uh, but they're all interesting. Cal plays USC November 16th. It's Cal's 10th game. What kind of shape is Clay Helton going to be in, in your opinion, week 10, if he's still there? How, how do you think that's going to be? Well, happen?
1: that's the question, right? It, it's USC has a big name, and to be a head coach there, you've got to win. And so, you know, I saw that USC team last year. They lacked discipline. Uh, they lacked belief. And I was shocked they didn't do something about the coaching position last year. And so if they get off to the same kind of start this year, if they get off to the same type of season, I don't know if Clay will be there in game 10. So he's got to do something special with that program. And uh, USC being what it is, it's not always easy to pull that team back, right? Those guys were all the all-stars in high school. They were all the stars of their team, you know, they were the, the marquee of their high school teams and it's not always easy to pull a team like that back into a cohesive unit. And so we'll see. You know, the beginning of the season always brings belief but then once you run into that Pac twelve buzzsaw, it can change things for you and you start to recognize, hey, wait, we're you know, maybe we're not a marquee team anymore. And with the Washingtons and the Stanfords of the world out there and you know, Utah will will feed you your hat in a hurry. Um it's, it's going to be tough for him, so we'll see game 10. I think Cal's always got something for him. I think they do a nice job against USC, obviously winning down at the Coliseum last year. Um, yeah, We'll see what happens. If Clay is there, uh, Cal will definitely give him a rough game.
2: What kind of wheels are you driving?
1: I got a truck. Are you looking for it? You thinking that it's not going to be an eight-win season? Is that what you're telling me? I don't know. I just I, I just,
2: I just, I just want to know. And if, if it's the case, I don't know where you live. Which airport is closest?
1: Oakland, just fly on okay. out. It's okay. an easy drive right out. Fifteen.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. We appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on with us. Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen. Great to talk to you.